cliffcentral.com. Let's get over to uh, Dr. Hanan, who's specially made time for us this morning, as he does every Monday, so he could be our resident shrink. And we're going to speak to him. It's going to be okay. That's how we start our Monday. Hey, Dr. Hanan, how's it? Hey, guys. How are you doing? Nice to see you. Um, so, nice to see you guys. So, so Doc, we've got a, a, a quite serious thing that we want to put out there this morning. And I, I'm not even sure how to start this properly, but um, Mandla basically wrote a suicide note. And he sent that suicide note to us. And he didn't go and kill himself because he's also here. Hey, Mandla. But we got to talk about this. Hello, Zacharis. Nice to see you, man. Thank you so much, Karis. Yeah, first of all, well done on not following through on the suicide note. I'm kind of pleased about that. I'll, I'll tell you that up front. Well, it was difficult. It was an easy one. But mom, I also thank God that I'm here today. Mm. Tell, Excuse tell, me where I am. You see, I'm, I'm still traveling to an office. So. That's all right. Don't worry about that. We're happy to have you on. Okay. All right, Samanda, tell me about what happened Thank here. Tell, tell us all what happened here and, and what led to you writing this suicide note. And then we can, we can get Dr. Hanan to... Um, I, I was just going through a very difficult time. It was a very darkest time of my life. Mm-hmm. So, basically, I don't know how to explain it, but everything that I was touching was not just working out the way I wanted to. Right. So eventually I felt that I can't take it anymore. So that's when the suicidal thoughts started to kick in. And then that's how the suicide was born. But miraculously, I survived. And after surviving, that's when I decided that, okay, let me just raise awareness against such things. Then the suicide that I wrote, it was sent to a poem. So that's why it ended up in your email. Uh, you mind if I read a little bit of it? Yeah, no problem. You can go ahead. Okay, so it says, my suicide note, to whom it may concern. I find it not so hard to write this letter. By the time you find find it, I will be long gone. Yes, my broken soul will be long gone. Only my scattered body you will find. No tears in my eyes. I've cried all my tears. No blood in my wounds. I have blood inside of the smile on my face, trying to be strong. And then you carry on. You, You basically, this is like a, it's your swan song. And yes, I was, I was trying to explain how I felt at that time because that's how I felt because when it comes to depression no one really understands what you are going through everyone just expects you to be okay so when I said um, I cried all my tears with a smile in my face it's because I had to pretend that I'm okay Mm. to everyone who was around me because every time that I tried to explain to them no one could understand what was going on so that's why I said with a smile in my face I have to act like I'm okay so Dr. Hanan let's 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 just bring you in here because th- this is this is where you know you can you can shed some light and explain what what you think is going on here. You've seen the whole suicide note. Here's Mandla. He's fortunately with us. I mean, where where do we begin with something like this? So his story actually reminds me of a of a great uh, story that I tell a lot of my patients. There's a guy by the name of uh, P.T. Barnum. Phineas Taylor Barnum and Phineas Taylor Barnum ran a very successful circus uh, called the greatest show on earth. And he was known as the greatest showman. And there was actually a movie about him. I haven't seen it, but apparently it's excellent. And his shtick, his magic was that he used to invite members of the audience up on stage. And uh, within five seconds of meeting them, he would tell them deep secrets about their nature. Mm-hmm. And they were blown away. They were like, how do you know this? I've never shared this with anyone. 
And he has never met them, but he would tell them things that they had never shared or told uh, anyone in many, 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 many years. Only them. Only they knew it. And uh, uh, P.T. Barnum's shtick was that, and now we call it the Barnum effect or Barnum statement, is that he would give people generalized enough statements about their world that they would see a way to personalize it specifically for them. So, for example, a Barnum statement would be, you wear a mask in public. Mm-hmm. Now, you know who else that applies to? Everyone. Everyone. Mm-hmm. You have a need to be liked. Mm-hmm. You know who that applies to? Everyone. 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 You're a thinker. You're a thinker. <laughs> you know who that applies to? Everyone. Everyone. You don't get people that don't think, right? Right. We might think so, but uh, we don't. So those are bonds. <laughs> I mean, you turn to somebody and go, you're a thinker. People are like, how do you know that? <laughs> how do you, who told you? Or you have a need to be needed. You have a need to be liked. And people are like, how do you know that about me? I've, like, I, don't, I don't try to show it, but how do you know that you've never met me? Now, by the way, people that don't ever need to be needed or don't ever need to be liked, those are people that we send away to prisons. They're not welcome in our social circle. So everybody that's around us mm-hmm. that's socially functional has a need to be needed. Now, why am I telling you this? Is because when you turn to somebody and say or think to yourself, you know, you get sad sometimes. You know that applies to everyone. everyone. And the truth is, and the truth is, uh, people that suffer from depression or anxiety or insecurity or guilt or frustration or anger or whatever it is, they have such great shame in sharing it because they think it only applies to them. Mm. But in reality, everybody can relate to feeling sad. Everybody can relate to feeling anxious. Everybody can relate to feeling insecure. Everybody can relate to feeling not good enough at some point in their lives. And I think the first point of protocol when dealing with your own feelings is to acknowledge that what you're feeling is normal. And whilst other people might not share it because of social embarrassment, perhaps they don't want other people to know because they will be judged by social media, by their social circle. The first step is to acknowledge. Now, I want to say this to you. Do not share it with people that are going to judge you because there are many people that are going to judge you and many people are going to play the game of like, Oh, shame. You feel sad. No, I don't feel that. But I want you to share it with the people that I acknowledge and are going to calibrate what you're feeling. I want to share another analogy with you, which might be really helpful. You know, pilots, my brother's a pilot. Pilots are trained. I don't know if I shared this before, but pilots are trained to never trust their feelings when they're flying Mm -hmm. because their feelings could lie to them. So pilots are trained to trust their instruments. So if their feelings tell them that they're veering right, but the instruments tell them they're veering left, well, that's what they trust, they're veering left. If their feelings tell them that they're straight, but their instruments say they're upside down, they trust the instrument, they're upside down. Now, we all need to be calibrated through others, but the mistake that people make is they either get calibrated by themselves, so I want to calibrate myself and figure it out myself, which is obviously wrong, or they get calibrated by instruments, by people that are unhealthy, people that gaslight them. So what I want to tell you is at least the first step is to acknowledge what you're feeling that's perfectly appropriate and perfectly acceptable, but go and seek out the instruments and the people that will calibrate you or that will acknowledge and that will 
hear you and understand you, understand you, not hold you there, but understand you and push you forward in the right way. That it sees the first step. So, <clears throat> make sense? Yeah, that makes a yes, lot of sense. Does. So, Mandla, let's just talk about Mandla's specific situation here because it may also be a blueprint for a whole lot of other people who are going through this. We know we've got huge suicide rates all over the world at the moment. A lot of people being feeling very isolated after COVID and all that stuff. But also in South Africa, we've got a lot of, of young men uh, who, who feel like, you know, they're not enough. They feel like they, they aren't doing enough. Uh, they feel like they're, they're being judged. They, they won't amount to anything, whatever the case may be. There are a lot of, uh, we know suicide is a big problem, right, Dr. Hanan? So Mandla yeah. not, he's not unique in this respect. And maybe by helping him with his situation, we can help other people. Right. So what you want to also tap to Mandla is I want to hear from you. How did you find that hope? Because obviously you went through that low and life is meaningless, life is purposeless. But how did you find that click, that thing that made you go, you know what? Maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe there's hope for me. Maybe there's something that I should reach out to as opposed to give it all up. What did you tap into? Hmm. Okay. Um, I think for me, it was through my background of, of working as a health worker. Because at some point I was working in, in a clinic. So I was working mostly with HIV and AIDS uh, patients, most of the clinical diseases. So I knew that a certain, uh, if you are infected with certain diseases, you can also suffer depression. So when I was starting to pick up the sign that something was wrong with me, I could realize that this, was, this might mean that I, might, I have depression. So when I started to seek help, I knew exactly what was going on. So basically what became uh, difficult was the service that I got from the public health service which is what I ended up writing a letter to the minister of, to then minister of health, Dr. Zulim Kizit, trying to reach out to him. When you go to the clinic, the people who are supposed to help you, like the nurses and all the stuff, they do not know much about mental health. You understand? So I think what gave me hope was my background in health, knowing that there is help for people who may have what I think I have, because I, I first had to diagnose myself first before I was even diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Amazing. You know what? Like a couple of things. Number one, he, life is filled with suffering. There's no question. We can't get away from it. Life is mm. challenging. Life is tough. You know, the moment you think that it's just a a Disney a Disney movie, well, you're just going to be disappointed. It you can't get away from the fact that pain, emotional pain, is there, and suffering is going to be there, and loss is going to be there. That's part of life. It really is how you manage it and how you deal with it. Now you tapped into something bigger than you, and the name of this show is it's going to be okay. And you tapped into that human spirit that's able to project forward and go, it's actually going to be okay. And I'm going to find a way to make it okay. I'm going to find a way to deal with this. I'm going to find a way and the people around me that will help support and guide and take care of this and help me overcome this, not pull me out, but certainly help me find a better place. So, Big ups to you for having that, we call it an unconditional attitude of strength, an attitude that it's going to be okay, and you found that. I really feel it's so important, and it is in the human spirit, to look for that thing that's going to make this okay. We don't want to accept the reality of what it is. We want to acknowledge that this can be better, and well done for doing that. That's great. You tapped into your human spirit. Well done to you. Hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much, Doctor.
Well, I mean, I've, I, I, I'm glad that you're in the position you're in now where you can look at this in such a sage, sober way, uh, Mandla. And obviously, you know, to me, it's just important. Yeah. I didn't want to lose one more listener. I mean, I'm, I'm totally selfish about this. <laughs> but I will, I, will say, I will say also it's been really fun to kind of be on your morning commute with you this morning. We were in, we were in the taxi with you. You got out. You took a little walk. We've got into yeah, the office. Yeah, you travel with me. Now you are in the office door. The office are still locked, so you're outside the office now. Nice, dude. No, listen. Uh, keep up the good work and, and being in the healthcare sector, as, as you said you are, you guys have obviously had a very busy two years. Thank goodness for people like you. Yes. Keep, uh, keeping those, uh, keeping those, uh, facilities open and looking after other people. I'm very glad that you were, you're also brave enough to share your story without worrying about being judged here. It's very, very difficult to, to do that, right? Absolutely. All right, man. Thank you so much, Thanks, Mandla. Nice to have you on. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's, that's brave, huh? I'm telling you, Gareth, you know, just to uh, come on and share the story with such uh, mm. grace and uh, bravery is incredible. Like he's, he's clearly has accepted what he's had and he's clearly overcome it. So that's really great. But listen, not to say that he's not going to have more ups and more downs, mm. but he clearly holds the right attitude that it's going to be okay. That's excellent. That's really, really good. Well, that's why we're trying to do this. Um, yeah. You want to say something? Again? I mean, I, I was, yeah, I, when, when I first um, heard him, the reason why he was coming on, I was so surprised to see his, his camera turn on. Mm. I wasn't expecting that. And it's, it's that that has been the most effective through his message and through us speaking to him. That has made the biggest difference to everything. Yeah, I mean, you could see, yeah, for sure. But you can see he's owned it. You can see he's owned it. Yeah. He's like, this is what I've been through. This is what I went through. This is where I am. I've overcome it. He's owned it. He's owned it. That's great. That's wonderful. Hmm. Love it. Listen, just by the way, if you, if you are having trouble with, uh, you know, suicidal thoughts, you're not, you're not managing, you're not coping with this opening of a brand new year. There are lots of people who are not, you're not the only one as, uh, Dr. Hanan said. I love that PT Barnum story. Um, and, and the one about the pilots and the instruments, frankly, because we sometimes have very faulty instruments. Um, absolutely. You know, we need to, we need to trust our gut less, actually, not more. Um, but it's, absolutely, absolutely. But it's, it's, uh, it's interesting <laughs> that, you know, there are people who are going through this. It's not just Mandla. And if you, if you need help, we've often had, um, Cassie on from SADAG, the South African Depression and Anxiety Group. Uh, and they do good work. You can look up their number. Just give them a call. They were working through the holidays. We spoke to her just before Christmas, and she was telling us how much uh, they're doing and how there's someone there at the end of the phone no matter what. So, you know, before you make any rash decisions, reach out and, and find one of those people whose instruments are working to, to, help, to help you fly. There's always hope. There's always right. hope. Yeah. All right. Doc, thank you very much. Right, Dr. Hanan, nice, nice to, to see you. See you guys. We'll check in with you next week, Dr. Hanan Bushkin. And uh, it's going to be okay. It really is. Cliffcentral.com